Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network on Yahoo Sports Radio. Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by MyCleanPC. If your computer runs slowly, just go to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis. And within minutes, you can download software that can clean up what may be slowing it down. That's MyCleanPC.com. Also brought to you by Geico. And you know what it means when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? Yep, it probably means you should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Our next guest should be familiar to you. We had him on this time last year. Corey Chavis is a former Pro Bowl cornerback with the Minnesota Vikings who studied quarterbacks and receivers during his playing days and now studies all players at all positions. That's because he's one of the nation's top draft analysts with both his own draft publication and draft site, draftnasty.com. And with the draft right around the corner, this is his time of year. Corey Chavis, thanks for stopping by. Well, thanks a lot for having me. I'm excited. I'm always excited. We're excited to have you on, Corey. Corey, let's get right to it. Who's the top player on your board and why? The top player on the board is Laramie Tunsil. A little bit surprising that he ended up the top, though, because for us, the injuries are normally a little bit more of a concern when you have somebody that's said as many as he has and did the off-the-field stuff as well. But I do believe that in terms of just a, a, a talent and, and the ability to bend, I, I think he's rare in that aspect of his game. Uh, there have been some questions about zeal and maybe the power as a run blocker, but I don't think that's a big deal at all. He didn't ask him to do much power blocking there at Ole Miss. And I just believe that as long as he learns to get more depth in his set, in his past set, I think he's going to be a great player. Hey, Corey, there are three quarterbacks perceived as first-round values in this draft. You know who they are, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, and Paxton Lynch. Which one of these guys do you like and why? Well, I like all of them. I think they're all pretty good prospects. I think the best quarterback of the three guys that you just named is Jared Goff. And, you know, the, the big thing with, with Jared is the experience. You know, you've got a three-year starter, a player who came right into school and was productive in the Pac-12, and then he was able to continue that for a three-year period. Now, he had, you know, his hiccup game this year, and maybe some people will continue to play great against USC either. And I say the hiccup game, I'm referring to Utah. But I think when you look at him on a, a consistent basis, and really the pocket toughness and the ability to be able to stand in, I don't think it was any more, uh, you know, advertising than in his final game against Air Force when he stood in, I know people say Air Force. Well, Air Force brings a lot of pressure. I mean, they bring all our blitz to that. They, they bring the house. And I think that is just an example of kind of who he is. You can't name an offensive lineman from Cal who will get drafted. But the left tackle from North Dakota State, Joe Haig is going to get drafted. The left tackle from Memphis, Taylor Fallen, is going to be a guy that's probably going to be a right tackle in the league. So then you have a great offensive line at Cal. Corey, if you put those three quarterbacks in the 2015 draft, where would you rank them along with Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota? Well, I think it would be, you'd probably still have, for me, it would still be Mario the first, and then I would probably have golf right there with him, then Winston, or in any order of that three, those would probably be the top three. And then the next quarterback after that, for me, would probably be uh, Paxton Lynch, you know, and, and then I would go down to Carson Wentz after that. And, I, and that's uh, Wentz would be probably a little closer to Winston um, in terms of just the, the physical ability and the fact that he does, does a pretty good job protecting the football as well, uh, something he's cleaned up during his career. Do you mark him down because of caliber competition? Paxton Wentz or Carson no, Wentz? No, uh, Carson Wentz. 
I mark him down more for not necessarily the caliber of competition. For me, it came down to uh, the, the the types of mistakes when he made those mistakes and what teams he made them against. Sam Houston State FCS semifinals 2014. I didn't think he played real well in that game. And that's a game I think scouts have to dive into. You know, they get bring up brought a lot of pressure in that game. I thought there were a lot of game, even Coastal Carolina. There was some uneven moments. And remember. If you're just watching the first three or four games from this year, because he only played seven this year, first six games, there wasn't an added improvement. But I like to look at the whole body of work when you're talking about a player who didn't give you two, really two full seasons of starts. I gave you 22 or 21 games starting somewhere in that area. That's a big difference from what you got even from Lynch. So out of the three quarterbacks, he has the least amount of experience. So you have to kind of go back and look at some 2014 film. And some of that film was a little bit uneven. We're speaking with former Pro Bowl cornerback Corey Chavis, now a draft analyst with DraftNasty.com. And, Corey, let's go to the other side of the line of scrimmage. I think the Broncos showed everybody in Super Bowl 50 that it's really all about the pass rush. Wondering, how deep is this draft in pass rushers? And character issues aside, character issues aside, which edge rusher do you like better, Joey Bosa or Noah Spence? Well, no, neither one of them are my top, top pass rusher. The top pass rusher... From an edge perspective, is Emmanuel Ogbine. You know, I think in some sort, I really don't, don't really know what comparison that anybody else would make. But when it comes to you know what I'm looking for, what I think that translates to the NFL, he has some stiffness and he's, he's a little bit rigid in some of his movement. And there's some questionable things about his motor. But in terms of just what translates as a pass rusher with your hand in the ground, I think he's real similar to Greg Hardy. I've said it all year, and I think that. You know, watching him play and dominate against Jameis Winston. You just talked about those two quarterbacks from last year. People need to go back and look at the game that Osborne had down in Dallas, down y'all's way, uh, first game of the season, Oklahoma State and Florida State. I was at the game, uh, and I thought it was one of the more impressive performances I've seen from a defensive end. Now, he's built on that. This year was the COVID-12 Defensive Player of the Year. Everybody has their knock. But one thing you can't knock about this player is he's got explosion, he's fast, and he's big and powerful. So, again, I think he's the best edge rusher in the draft. Corey, the top two runners in this draft are Ezekiel Elliott and Derrick Henry. What separates them? Well, I think with one, with uh, Elliott, I think the thing that separates him is that in between the tackles, I think he has a little bit, he's kind of a poor man for Danny and Tomlinson. He's a really tough guy for me to tackle because he can make those moves, you know, in tight quarters. And sometimes, you know, you don't even see those moves if you're watching it from the stand. You know, you get the end zone copy and you just see him being able to win those one-on-one battles. And I think he is strong and powerful in the lower body. I didn't think he had great, uh, didn't have a great postseason in terms of testing, uh, but in terms of when you put on the tape, uh, I think he have to be impressed with his ability to block. I think he catches the ball. I know some people that like the way he called it at the combine, but on tape, I think he catches the ball pretty well. And they're not easy passes that he's catching sometimes from Cardell Jones, who has some mustard on his fastball. With Henry, I think the long arms are impressive, the stiff arms. I think he's patient, starting his runs front side and allowing the block to develop, cutting back inside in those inside gaps. And I think he's a long strider, 11.100-meter guy in high school. You see that speed translate to the field on Saturday afternoons. I think it'll translate to the next level. Well, I hope so. We had him on earlier in the show, Corey, so I hope you're right. Hey, listen, a question for you about Laramie Tunstall. I mean, you talked about him earlier, and you said that uh, you thought he was the best 
player in this draft. But Tennessee sort of punted on him, and they, they had a chance to draft him, and they traded away the number one pick. Question about the Titans mm-hmm. now without Tunsil off the board, with Tunsil off the board, with six of the top 76 picks, which the Titans have. Can they possibly use this draft to build themselves into an overnight contender? Yes, and I really think they're a lot closer. What they need to start off with, to me, is a is a number one receiver or somebody. I think you're at the perfect spot in the first round at 15 to now get because you can't wait. Well, I guess you can wait to the second round, but that's what you've kind of done, right? Second round, Green Beckham. You drafted Kendall Wright in the first round, and there you you drafted Justin Hunter in the second round. And if you go through their history, they've kind of wanted to wait. And when they did draft the receiver in the first round, Kevin Dyson in 98, that was their pick 16. Hey, they did go to the Super Bowl. He never had a great career necessarily, but I just believe you got to get somebody else that, that Mariota can count on on third downs. Corey, we got to run. We're, thanks for the time, and thanks for the insight, as always. All right, I wish we had more time. What's going on, Rick? We're on the clock. <laughs> Corey will talk. Corey Chavis, up next, former head coach Herm Edwards. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network.